The night is always longest when waiting for the dawn. The pregnant pause in the middle of the night. As we wait for darkness to turn to light. We wait and we breathe. And we know that life begins with breath. And we know that when breath leaves us, death. And with that pause, we remember. Remember all of those who came before us. And so we gather here the last Sunday of Advent. We gather here to remind ourselves of the Christ child who was to come. We would wait in the darkness to remember the promised one coming, that our wait was soon to be over, that our chains would be broken, that we would no longer have hunger and there would no longer be war. God would come from on high and make the crooked path straight. The valley would be raised up and the mountains lowered. The child will be able to play over the hole of the snake and the lion and the lamb would lay down together. And Christ did come. Out of the darkness of genocide, salvation rang forward. Emmanuel, here with us, God had come for us, light dwelling among us. The light broke forward as God reached into our lives. Humanity was one with God again. From Jesse's root, the lineage of David, the line of king and priests, a new one is born. The gospel reading this morning is from Matthew 1, 18 through 25. The gospel reading this evening is from Matthew. Oh, I said morning again, didn't 18, I? 25. It's a habit. <laughs> This is how the birth of Jesus Christ took place. When Mary, his mother, was engaged to Joseph before they were married, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man. As he didn't want to humiliate her, he decided to call off their engagement quietly. As he was thinking about this, an angel from the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because the child she carries was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all of this took place so that the Lord had spoken through the prophet would be fulfilled. Look, a virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did just as an angel from God commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he didn't have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son. Joseph called him Jesus. And we know the rest. Christ lived in such a way to challenge powers and principalities. Christ reinterpreted law and gave us new understanding. And as we learned last week, he healed the sick, restored sight to the blind, had the lame walk, the poor heard the good news, and people were blessed. This this was the change that we are waiting for. The light that was going to push out the darkness. It made the way for us in the desert that we call life. We now knew the way. But then the way died. The person who was supposed to show us all how it was done, the person who was going to set it all right, died. Our conqueror, our king, our teacher, our Messiah, died. This really should set us into a panic, and for the disciples it did. You see, through the gospel, Christ kept telling them that his death was going to come, that there would be this time without him, and yet the disciples really refused to believe it. It was as if they were putting their fingers in their ears and pretending that no, no, Christ You are here to come and make us rulers over the Romans, that we Jews will finally be exalted above all nations and rule them all. But then Christ did what Christ always does, and that is always subverting our expectations. And he dies. And not only dies, but he submits himself to death on a cross, to die among thieves, to die as a criminal. This one, this is the one that we light our candles for. This is the one that we wait the return of. 
a criminal. We light the candles of faith, hope, joy, and peace for a boy who died, for a boy who turned into a man and then died as a criminal. And you know what happened probably for those disciples watching? The same feeling came rushing back in, a feeling of being abandoned, a feeling of being lost in the desert, the feeling that maybe they were wrong, that perhaps maybe John the Baptist was wrong. Maybe really he is not the one. And maybe we should go back to a time of waiting. And I can kind of understand this tension because there are moments that I catch myself feeling the same. When something really hasn't gone the way that I expected, perhaps it's a lost job or lost health or losing someone I care about. Perhaps it's something simple or major, but there's this anxiety that causes it to rise. And maybe sometimes it's the world around us where it seems like it's hate is so much easier to find than love where we read more about school shootings, hate crimes, bankruptcy, political corruption, and division than about faith, hope, joy, and peace. When the weight is placed upon our shoulders, our ears, our eyes, and our souls seem to get heavy. There's that pregnant pause again that crawls up. Maybe this isn't the one I'm waiting for. Maybe I've wasted my life following this lunatic. Maybe there really isn't any power here. We exhale. We sigh. And sometimes we take a nap. And then Christ rose from the grave, once again doing what Christ does and breaks our expectation. And Christ rose to show us that he conquered the grave, that sin had been defeated, and that what he did in life was not some passing miracle, but rather it really is the way of God, the kingdom of God, and that it's meant to continue. The legacy of who Christ was, who Christ is, and who Christ continues to be cannot be held back by the death of Christ. Rather, as Christ showed that death cannot hold him back, that neither can death hold back what we are called to live now. There is a major difference in how we wait versus those who are waiting for the Messiah to come. We are given an example, an example of what to do in the waiting. We take that breath in and we breathe in Christ. Remember that God once breathed on us, so the love of God has already gone before us. We breathe in and remember that we have a calling to be the hands of Christ here on earth to be the feet of Christ here on earth. We are called to be the body of Christ here on earth. And we are called to be an example of Christ while we wait for Christ. So if we really want this world to have hope in Christ, we must be an example of having hope in Christ, even though when it calls us into hard places. If we want to this world to embrace a faith in Christ, we must be an example of a faith in Christ that is an active faith, invite others in and not a passive individualistic faith that keeps the other out. So if we want this world to have joy in Christ, we must find our joy deep and true in Christ and live that out in front of the people of this world. If we want this world to experience the peace of Christ, we must we must bring the peace of Christ to this world. We must be that example of peace. And peace is always easier than the way it, it always sounds easier than the way it really is, because the reality is, is war is easier than peace. Hate has always been easier than love. It's always easier to talk over someone, to ignore them, than it is to listen and understand. It's easier to be apathetic than it is to be empathetic. And this this is so true. And I believe this is why we really haven't beaten our swords into plowshares, because swords are easier to control people with. Also, it's sometimes easier to ignore the war and the hate that goes around in our lives to keep on living the way we are living because that war doesn't affect us. The discord doesn't affect us. And if that doesn't affect us, then is it so bad? 
as long as the bad things are on my front door, then I kind of have peace, right? We get caught up in trying not to offend or trying not to make a scene. We get caught up in trying to maintain this false idea of peace, a false peace that really isn't a peace because there's somebody actually being exploited. We make sacrifices to keep this false peace. We don't want to rock the boat to keep this false peace. We let others continue to be exploited in abusive systems, being taken advantage of by powers and principalities, so that we can keep a false peace. That's not who Christ was. It's not what he did. Christ was constantly breaking the peace in order to bring the true peace in. Christ was that ringing bell, a sound so pure that it pushed the dissidents out Christ, though always in love, had no issue pulling back a blanket on and what people thought was acceptable to expose that true narrative behind the lie. How many times have I found myself complacent in this? How many times have I taken the easy route of ignoring the cries of those on the margin because it helps me keep my own peace? How many times have I taken the lie that just because it doesn't hurt me, it's not hurting somebody else? Now, I'm not saying that you need to become some kind of self-sacrificing martyr. And I'm not advocating that having a peace for yourself is wrong. But what I am advocating for is having an expanded worldview. What I am advocating for is seeing the world for what it really is, for seeing the other for whom they really are. We need to find our own peace in this, to work through our personal turmoil so that we can know who we are and have our own peace so we can live out that peace in front of others. Because if we do never, if we never find our own peace in Christ, how can we give the peace of Christ to others? In order to find your own peace, we must be honest with who we are and how, who we see in the world around us. We must use the light of Christ to acknowledge our own privilege, our own advantages over other people, our own abilities, our own handicaps, our own histories and our own tragedies, our own hurts and our own pains in order to be able to find our peace. And once we have allowed Christ to pull back the blanket on who we are, we must take this peace. We must make this peace with ourselves, not a false peace that we just want, don't want to rock the ball, the boat, keeping a smile, but a real true peace, a deep peace. Now, this pulling back of the blanket and letting Christ in to really see us can happen in different ways. It can be through things like spiritual disciplines, through discipleship, through church community, prayers and songs, but it can also be through things like camping, movies, music, and therapy. Yes, Christians should not be afraid of therapy. As Christ pulls back the blanket over our eyes, we can find our true own peace in that, and then we're able to give that peace to others. Because we cannot give something that we do not own. In order to give the true peace of Christ to the rest of this world, we must do the good work of rooting out that false peace in our own lives so that then we can offer the peace to others. You will find, as Christ often does, when he opens our eyes, we begin to see the people around us the way Christ sees them. And when we really see those around us, we can finally greet them in that peace of Christ. And if we want the peace of Christ here on earth, we're going to need to keep striving to see people as Christ sees people. So once again, if we want the world to have their hope in Christ, we must do it first and show them how. If we want this world to have their faith in Christ, we must do it first and show them how. If we want people to have their joy in Christ, we must do it first and show them how. And if we truly want people to have the peace of Christ, then we must do it ourselves first so that we can show them how. So as we approach our reason for this season, the remembrance of birth of Christ, let us not forget that we don't 
we don't truly celebrate Christ coming into this world because Christ has already come. Christ did not leave us alone. Christ is with us now. And part of this calling of this Christmas tide is to help the usher in the kingdom of God by remembering the life and lessons that Christ taught us and living them out for the world to see. We must take the time to find our own hope, faith, joy, and peace this season so that we can be a beacon of those things to others. So I ask you this Advent time to take that time to reflect, to think about the hope, faith, and joy, and peace of Christ that this season is here to remind us so that then we can go, so that we can go and live that out in front of other people. May you and yours truly find Christ who is the reason for this season, that you may continue to be the body of Christ for those who may not know him yet. Be blessed. Amen.